Let me introduce our next preacher, or our only preacher. He said he only had a 20-minute message, so I said, we'll testify till Jesus comes. Don't turn me off yet. And um, that's, the way Larry's, that's the way Larry talks to me, so I'm going to talk to him like that. Um, but, um, you know, I appreciate Brother Jace. He's been with us 20 years full-time this month, 20 years. So you cannot say that anybody in this church is fickle as far as short-term service and then go to another church, whatever. And I appreciate him so much. And I appreciate uh, his work he's done in the youth department. And by the way, this Saturday, this man of God that's going to preach is Jared Butler. He's assistant pastor of Old Swanee Baptist Church in Buford. And I do a couple's retreat for him every year. And uh, he, he, he married a bus, a, a, a lady that was uh, brought, reached through the bus ministry. And now she's assistant pastor's wife. So you, the potential of someone in the ministry. Uh, just get them saved and watch God use them. And God has truly used our assistant pastor, our associate pastor. I appreciate him with all my heart. He's always faithful uh, to be here and do whatever it takes to get the job done. And I want you to listen to him with undivided attention. Back him up with a prayer and an amen and uh, a nod and a smile if you can. And uh, we're going to see if he preaches 20 minutes. This will probably turn into a 40-minute uh, message like my introduction. Amen. Praise God. All right, take your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Appreciate the opportunity to preach tonight. Um, appreciate the testimonies tonight. They were a blessing to me. Uh, I think about, Miss Deborah, as you were talking, I was thinking about Titus chapter 2, where it talks about that. It talks about that very thing you said. It talks about the aged women. That's okay if I say that. It talks about the aged women teaching the younger women. And it talks about how we ought to teach them to be discreet, to be holy, to live righteous. And it goes on to say that the word of God be not blasphemed. And man, isn't that the goal is that, that we go out in this world and we teach others. And so I appreciate, appreciated the testimonies uh, tonight. Um, as Dad told me about our theme a couple of uh, weeks ago, it was probably about a month ago, and I had a message that, that God was just dealing with me about in, um, in Revelation, we were reading through the book of Revelation at the time. Uh, I was trying to read through my Bible. And, and, there's, and he, he, he preached on it this morning about Isaiah seeing the Lord there in Isaiah chapter 6. But in, Isaiah chapter, or in Revelation chapter 5, I want you to read it sometime. It asks the question, who is worthy? And John gets all upset about nobody's worthy to take and open the book. And then it shows the Lamb that was slain. It talks about Jesus and, man, how worthy he was. And I wanted to preach that message, but I just couldn't get peace about it. And God never just sort of gave me the message. And I was working on it. Maybe someday I'll be able to preach it. But um, as Dad was preaching last week, this message came to my mind in Matthew chapter 6. It actually has my, my life verse in it in this passage, Matthew 6, 33. Uh, last week, Trent was asking for, for Wesley uh, to sign his Bible. He wanted Wesley to sign his Bible, and he signed it. And, and Trent gave it back to him. He says, no, you're a preacher. You've got to sign it with a verse on the bottom of it. You know, he didn't put a verse in it. He didn't have a life verse. But this has been my life verse since I was just a young, uh, a teenager, probably even before I was a teenager. This Matthew 6.33 has been my life verse. And as Dad was preaching, I thought about this subject uh, to go along with our theme about having a focus, being focused. So let's look at Matthew chapter 6, and we will um, look at verse number 19. We'd like to stand. Let's stand. We'll read a few verses, and then I'll let you be seated. We read verses 19 through the end of the chapter. It says, Lay not out for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. 
But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Look back at verses 22 and 23, and this is where we'll take our, our, sort of our, our text from. It says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil... Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Today we're going to preach on the subject of focus. What do you have your eye on? Focus. What do you have your eye on? Dear Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that you bless uh, the reading and preaching of your word tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, help me. God, I know that there are many times where I get my eyes off the main thing and, and have the wrong focus in my own life. And Lord, I don't want to be that way. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to get focused, Lord, those things that might distract us, will we put them away? Lord, may you teach us from this passage what we need to be focused on. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The Bible here talks about the eye and about being focused. Uh, I was thinking about this subject. Actually, when I, I told Danielle when she came in, uh, when I first preached this message back in 2013, there was a picture of her on our, our I wasn't going to use this illustration because I told her it was old, but there's a picture uh, on, the, on the sports page of Danielle, and she was hitting the ball, playing softball. And I, and I thought about that, how you have to have the focus. I can't imagine. She was playing that fast pitch where they do that underhanded thing, and they throw it real hard at you. So, uh -uh, I'm not getting in front of that. I don't trust those people. Uh, but you had to it had to have focus. You had to be, uh, be, be, be concentrating, looking at the ball if you're ever going to hit it. Uh, but the, over the last two years ago, I think about two years ago now, I had eye surgery. I, I went in and had the LASIK eye surgery. And so I would go to a lot of these eye exams. I never had to go to a lot of eye exams, but I was going to a lot of eye exams. And they take you into these machines. Before you get to see the doctor, they'll take you and do these machines, right? And you look into them. You, you, have you done these? You look into it, and, and they got this barn that's way down the, 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 this row of corn. Is, is, is that the way yours is? That's the way mine was. 
and it, it gets out of focus, but then they bring it into focus, and that's all you can see is that barn. And I think they're trying to get your prescription, figure out what your eye is. I don't know. And then they take you to this other machine where they tell you to focus on the plus sign, the X in the middle of it, and then every time you see these squiggly marks, you're supposed to click something. Have you ever, have y'all done that one? Am I the only person that's done these? All right. They tell me to focus on that plus thing, and then they give me squiggly marks. You know what I'm saying? It's very difficult. But the one that gets me is the one where they put that thing in front of your eye, and they tell you to look straight ahead, and then they puff something into your eye. It ain't happening. You know, I'm the worst. Like, I'm sitting there the whole time. I'm not focused on anything in front of me. I'm not looking at no dot or nothing, whatever they say. I'm ready to move. I'm blinking my eye. I'm not, no focus going on. I'm the worst. Yes, Becca, she tries to put drops in my eyes. It's awful. I'm, I'm horrible. But, but, but the idea here that I'm, I'm trying to get in our message is this idea of being focused. What are you focused on in your life? In Psalm chapter 37, or Psalm chapter 17, verse 8, it talks about how we're the apple of God's eye. We're, we're the thing that, that, that captures his attention. We're the apple of his eye. That's where, you know, a lot of these sayings that we hear, that's where they come from. They come from the Bible. I don't know if you knew that. But, that, but it's the apple of his eye. And what, what is, uh, that's my question to you. What is the apple of your eye? What is it that has your attention? What is it that you are focused on? In our passage here, look at verse number 22. It says, um, uh, the, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore that eye be single. Notice that word there. It says if your eye is single. Uh, it, that word single, it means to be steady. It means to be devoted to one object. To have one thing in mind. We are to be single. Uh, we have a single focus in our life. We are to be single. It's the opposite of what we've been studying in James, right? In James, we've been studying double-minded man, haven't we? In James chapter 1 verse 8, it talks about the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. How do you know that is true? Those people that are all over the place, they have no stability in their life. They have no focus in their life. And it says that he is unstable in all of his ways. Today in our lesson, our Sunday school lesson, we studied in James chapter 4 verse 8, it says that we are to cleanse our hands, you sinners, and it says to purify your hearts. And what does it say? You double-minded. Because that's the problem, is that we, 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 don't, we lose our focus on what God wants to have us focus on. This world grabs our attention, and we become double-minded. And the Bible tells us that we are to purify our hearts. We are to have a single focus. We are to get our hearts in line with God's heart and do what He wants us to do and no longer be double-minded. And so in our passage, it talks about having that single focus focus, not being double-minded. And it, it uses the, the, the eye, and it's, it's a picture of the mind. And, and what is it that we have our minds, what is it we have our lives focused on? It says if we are single-minded or single eye, we have that. It says that the whole body will be full of light. The, the Life seems to go better when we're focused on what God wants us to be focused on. Amen? And, and, but what does the next verse say? It says, but if thine eye be evil... It makes me think of like a lens or something that's got mud or dirt on it. It can't get a focus, right? If we're distracted by something over here or something over there instead of what God wants us to have it. If thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, hey, that light can no longer get through. That light can no longer get to where God wants it to. What, what does it say? How great is that darkness? Hey, listen. If we lose focus on what God wants us to have focused in our life, the darkness can be great. 
I was thinking about it this morning as we were, we were, we were talking about the, the friendship of the world and how it leads to being spotted by the world and then loving the world and on down through and how eventually we'll be condemned with the world. And I was thinking, you know, most Christians sitting in that classroom would never think they would be uh, way off in sin. They never think they would be in, uh, having to be, have Brother Larry visit them in prison. Never think that they would be into drugs. Never think that they would have a, a split family. Uh, 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 their, their homes would be ruined. But it's just one step. It's, it's losing a little bit of focus here and and next thing you know, how great is that darkness. So in this passage, Jesus is, is doing the great Sermon on the Mount. He is teaching us that we are to have a focus on what He wants us to have a focus on. Uh, and so let's look at some things here that the Lord wants us to be focused on. The one thing that the Lord wants us to be focused on. We've got two points here. First thing I want us to do is I want us to look at some things that can distract your focus. So what does Jesus do? He goes through here and He gives us some things that can distract our focus. Look at verse number 25. I want you to notice this phrase. He says, Therefore I say to you, take no thought. Take no thought. Uh, look at verse number, I think we find it again in verse number 31. He says, Therefore take no thought. Look at verse 34. He says, Therefore take uh, there, uh, take therefore no thought for the morrow. Uh, that word, that, that, that phrase, take no thought, it, it means to be drawn in different directions. That's what, that's what it means. It says take no thought. And, and, and in this passage, he talks a lot about worry, about, about anxiety, about things that, that pull us apart. And that's what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to pull us apart. He's trying to take us away from what God would have for us in our lives. He's trying to get our focus away from God and on ourselves and on other things and on the world. And He's trying to pull us apart. How many of you know that in your life that worry and those kinds of things and that anxiety and all these things, this chaos over here and this over there, it can literally, it feels like it's pulling us apart. And that's what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to destroy us. He's trying to bring great darkness into our life instead of the light into our life. But Jesus says, look, I want you to watch out for some of these things that the devil's trying to put out there that'll take away, that'll pull you apart. You know, there's some things that the devil wants to use to grab our attention, to pull us away from God. But we need to remember this. Uh, if, 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 if Matthew 6.33 weren't my life verse, I think 1 John 2.17 would be. In 1 John 2.17 it says, The world passeth away in the lust thereof. You know, the devil's trying to get us our attention on those things that are, that are, that are temporary, aren't he? Uh, and, 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 and 2 Corinthians uh, chapter... Second uh, Corinthians, I think it's chapter 4. Yes, Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, While we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See, this is what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to get you looking on things that are temporal. Things that are not eternal. The devil wants to get you to look at, at, at the here and now and not what eternity might bring. That's what the devil wants to do. And he does that by trying to grab our attention. So Jesus warns us about some things that can distract our focus, distract our attention. Number one, I, I get distracted often. Do y'all get distracted often? I'm getting worse. People are starting to say that I'm more like my dad. Like, I, I'm losing focus so often. But, I, but I, I was thinking, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this message. And, you know, this is, I think this is what the devil has done to me, and I think he does it a lot to our church, is that he gets us off, off point, right? He does that. He gets us off point. And what we need to do is get back to focusing on what the Lord would have us to focus on. Amen. All right, number one. I did that on purpose. Number one, on money. The devil will get us focused on money and financial security. Look at verses 19 through 21 there. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt. 
Hey, he goes on. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And in verse 21, he says that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In verse number 24, he says that we uh, cannot serve God in mammon. And so what does the devil try to do? He tries to get our focus off of Jesus, off of the kingdom. That's what we'll talk about later. And he tries to get it on focused on money, on finances. Uh, you know, we all have to have a job. We understand that. Uh, I've got to make money, but we don't have to do it at the expense of the kingdom of God in our lives. Uh, being focused on what the Lord would have us to be focused on. The question here is not do we need money, not that we shouldn't work. And the question here is where is your treasure? That's the question. And so many people give up their focus on the Lord and what the Lord would have for them for money, for the treasures of this world. Uh, I often tell our youth, you know, that's great. Get a job. Learn how to work. Be faithful. Do, do your best. I think that you ought to have a good testimony on your job. You ought to be there. You ought to be on time. You ought to be faithful at it. You ought to be the best worker on the job. You ought to try and do your best. I, I don't believe you ought to uh, just, just mooch off your parents forever. I think you ought to do that. But don't do it at the expense of the kingdom of God. Hey, don't get a job where you have to work every Wednesday and you can't come to, to, to youth meeting. Don't get a job where you have to work on Sunday and miss Sunday school. Hey, don't do that. It's not that important. Drive a clunker or walk if you have to. I tell our youth that. But can I tell our adults that too? Hey, we take jobs that keep us away from the house of God, that keep us from being faithful to God's house. We need to be careful about that. The devil tries to get us to lose our focus, and he can enslave you with this thing of money, of the love of money. Let me give you something real quick, and we don't have time for this, but the, the devil enslaves us three ways with money. He enslaves our heart. Our emotions. How many of you know you're emotionally tied to your money sometimes? Amen. It hurts you when it leaves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's sometimes we get, we, it says right there, lay not up for yourselves treasures in heaven uh, or treasures upon earth. And then verse 21, it says, where your uh, treasure is, there will your heart be also. Hey, in this same passage, it's talked about the light of the eye. That's talking about our mind. So the devil, he enslaves our heart. He enslaves our mind. That's our thoughts. That's what we do. That's the decisions we make. A lot of times we make all of our decisions based on money, don't we? Uh, and then lastly, in verse 24, he enslaves our will. Hey, the, the actions that we take a lot of times are based upon money. So we need to be careful about that. And this whole passage about anxiety is about worrying about these things. And Psalm 37, it says that, that, that God will provide our needs. Psalm 37, verse 25, it says that God will provide our needs. He's not seen uh, the righteous uh, forsaken or begging bread, the Bible says. So we see money or financial security will, will distract us. The second thing. Uh, look at verse number 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than rain? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are they not much better? Are you not much better than they? So the second thing, money finances, uh, second thing is food or drink. Food or drink. Now remember, we're talking about the necessities of life, dealing with that anxiety and those kinds of things. And so it says that we shouldn't worry about these things. And in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, it talks about this lust of the flesh, this lust of the flesh. Um, and, and that's what it's talking about here. It's not talking about just um, worrying about food, about eating, the necessity of it, but it's talking about the, the, the overuse of it here and, and, and the lust of the flesh. And so we ought not allow the lust of our flesh... Uh, to, uh, to distract us from what God would have us to do. Now, these are natural physical desires that God has given us uh, to eat, to drink, 
um, uh, to reproduce, those kinds of things. Those are natural desires that, that God has given to us. But the Bible says that we can be distracted by these things if we aren't careful uh, through lasciviousness. And, the, and, and reason for this, that's the, that's the reason we see drug addiction, isn't it? That's the reason we see obesity. That's the reason we see drinking. That's the reason we see smoking. That's the reason we see sexual immorality. Is because uh, these things will distract us. They keep us from doing God's will with our life. Uh, you know, I hate to see these people that are addicted, don't you? You know, I, I, I was, uh, we visit the jails and uh, we see people in there and, and they keep coming back and they keep coming back. They say they want to get out and they want to get clean, but they get distracted. They're in, the, they're in there and they make, a, they make a commitment. I'm going to be in church. I'm going to serve the Lord. And they get out and what happens? Then they're back on it. You see those people that, that, that have alcohol issues. Uh, you see it, you see it in, in all kinds of different areas. And, and he's saying here that lust of the flesh, the devil's going to bring it. Hey, he's going to give you those distractions. He's going to put that in front of you. He's going to give you that temptation. But we need to not lose our focus. So the second thing we see is food and drink. Third thing here. Uh, verse 25, it says in verse 25, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Uh, look if, uh, look at, it says, is the body and the body more than raiment in verse 25. Look at verse 28, it says, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the uh, field, they, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith. So we see money and financial security. We see food and drink, but we see raiment and clothing. Now again, we're not, we're not speaking about those necessities. Uh, those, we all need to wear clothes, okay? Please do. It's, it's better. Some of you, you might need to even cover up a little more, but anyway, we won't go down that path. Uh, but you got to wear clothes, but it's talking about that, that over-concern about it. It's talking about that... Remember we had the lust of the flesh in 1 John 2.16? We also have the lust of the eyes. Hey, it's that desire for material things. It's that desire uh, to make yourself look good in front of others and, 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 and good in the eyes of others. Uh, and so we need to be careful about this lust of the eyes, about this desire to look good in front of others. It's, it's this desire for material things. And, and the devil can get us off course. He can get us distracted by material things. We just went through the Christmas season. Um, love it sometimes, sometimes I don't. Uh, I love the idea of Jesus coming and dying for us. And, uh, and uh, man, that, that's the, the reason for the season, right? But hasn't, hasn't this world made it such a materialistic time? Yes. Yes. How many of you spent more than you meant to for Christmas? I mean, even if you go on a budget, it, it, it ends up, well, that's only $5 more a day. That's only $2 more a day. It's materialistic. Um, and the devil can get us off track, off focus with that. Uh, we can start coveting. We can start wanting other people's things, other people's possessions. We can start being so concerned with how we look and what we're dressed in uh, that, that we, we do all kinds of things to get off, off focus of what God would have for us. It's very easy. It's that lust of the eyes. It's, it's that desire for things, for material things. I was watching a Barrett Jackson uh, auction. Brother Donald will appreciate this. And they were auctioning off a 1965 Shelby Cobra liked it. Got $1.595 million for a car. I was coveting. Uh, but we worry about what we wear and about how we look and what we, what we drive, what we arrive in. Some of us drive things. Oh, my soul. 
put ourselves in so much debt that we can't do anything for the Lord. We're too distracted, right, with what we drive because we can't do anything for the Lord. Uh, we're, we're so upside down in our, in our mortgages because we, we want a house that, that impresses people. Uh, we, we, have to, we have so much debt on our credit cards because of all the stuff that we buy to wear that we're strapped down. We can't serve the Lord uh, because the devil's got us distracted with material things. So he says, don't be distracted. Don't worry. Take no thought. Don't be pulled in different directions from doing what God wants you to do because of raiment and clothing. Now notice the next thing in verse number 27. He says, which of you can, by taking one thought, can uh, add one cubit, or by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature. So it's our stature. So we had the pride of, uh, or we had the lust of the flesh, we have the lust of the eyes, and here we have the pride of life. We're talking about that physical appearance. He's talking about the height, the weight, the the hair. Now I'm not saying don't take care of yourself, All right, I'm not saying uh, that we shouldn't work out. I'm not saying that we shouldn't uh, eat well. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that we shouldn't comb our hair if you have any. I'm, I'm... I was, I was eating with the grandkids uh, the other day, and they kept pointing out, your hair's getting thin. I was like, well, thanks for noticing. I appreciate it. Aren't you a blessing? Well, I showed them my one white hair. I got one right there, and, 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 and Sailor was showing me that one. And then and Tim's like, well, you know, your hair is getting thin. I don't see much white. I'm like, well, okay, thank you. Nothing I can do about that. But it's that pride of life. It's that, 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 physical, that, that, that physical appearance, and, and the devil can get you distracted uh, with this. Um, I looked this up today. I had some old stats, so I looked it up today. Uh, that in 2018, there was more than $16.5 billion, billion dollars spent on plastic surgery, on cosmetic surgery in 2018. That's more than 17.5 procedures, 17.5 million procedures that were elective. They just went in there to do it because they wanted to. I saw another stat that said that, that $1.2 billion a year is spent on liposuction. Hey, instead of just watching what you eat, they, just wanted, they wanted to get, you know, anyway. You know, this time of year, a lot of times you see a lot of these commercials too. Uh, I, I saw one that they're, they're, you know, it's 20 cents to join the gym up here or something. They're trying to get you on it, you know. You see all these video, I don't guess they're video anymore, it's probably live streamed. Uh, uh, infomercials and these, 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 these things that you, you got your P90X. I don't know if they do that anymore. The insanity. They have something dancing your way to rock solid abs. I don't know what that is. That's probably old. <laughs> they have a Peloton. Have y'all seen Peloton? That looked pretty cool. I thought I, thought I, I was going to check it out. You know, I'm tired of running all the time. That's what I do. I run all the time. I was going to check it out. Those things are expensive. Have you seen that? It's a little bike with somebody yelling at you, and you pay them like two, three thousand dollars. I'm like, dear Lord. Um, but we, we live in a world that is so concerned, consumed with how we appear to other people. It's the pride of life. We live in an appearance-crazed society. But what did 1 John 2.17 say about the, the, the flesh of this world? It says it's all going to pass away. Hey, you, you can look the best you can, but you, we're all going to end up in a coffin one day. Now, they'll tell you you look good there. They'll probably be lying, but they're going to say you did. But that's where we're all headed. That's where we're all going. And we get so distracted and so worried, so anxious. That's what he said, take no thought. Some of you, that's what you live your life. You're worried about about your weight, your hair, your your physical appearance. And Jesus says, don't be distracted by all those things and not see what you're supposed to be seeing. So he talks about that, about being distracted 
by your stature. Now, just one more thing, or two more things that you're going to be distracted by. Look at verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Notice this phrase. It says, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your Heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. So we can be distracted by worldly people and friends, by relationship, by what other people think. Caring more about what others are seeking first. Hey, what do they think is cool? What do they think I should seek after? That's what I want to seek after, that peer pressure. It's easy for young people to get consumed in these kinds of things, isn't it? These relationships that drag them away, caring more about what this person thinks than about what God thinks. Hey, listening more uh, to this person at school than what their pastor or their parents or their Sunday school teacher. You know, that's true for young people, isn't it? But isn't it true for us adults too? Go to your plant. You act a totally different way there. You speak a different language. You would never speak that in God's house, but that's why you speak there. You act a different way. Dress a different way. Look a different way. Why? Because you're more concerned about what that, pe- that, that person thinks. About what the, the Bible says the Gentiles, that's the world thinks, than about what God thinks. You get distracted by it. I feel sorry for our young people today. I was thinking about that. This social media, how it's driven them now. They're driven to impress. They're driven to have the, the, the perfect Instagram picture. I don't know if that I might be behind. Maybe it's something else now. I used to say Facebook. Now, but Jason, it's not Facebook anymore. It's Instagram. Is it Snapchat or something now? Am I wrong? I don't know. Y'all tell me. Y'all, y'all educate me later. But they're so concerned about it. Let me tell you something, adults. If you're not monitoring your children's um, social media activity, uh, I, I won't say you're foolish, because that's the word I want to use, but you're very naive. You ought to be on top of that. You, they ought to disconnect every once in a while. You know, I think that that's, this, this, this thought, man, and this message just got to me, because they are so connected to their phones now. It's, t- it's constant pressure on them all time, all day, every day. Even in the night, their phones are right beside their bed, and they're dinging, and they're going off. And let me tell you what you need to do. You need to take it away from them. Amen. Turn it off. They, they need the, the release from that for a while. It would be good for them not to be able to text their friend immediately every time a thought came into their mind. Some of y'all aren't looking at me right. Some of you, some of you teens are really looking at me bad right now. I understand. But I'm not saying this because I'm wanting to punish you. Man, you need that. You need to cut off from it. You need a break from it because it is constant. And it is real. It is real. And so we need to be careful because, listen, you can get so distracted by what other people think. Last thing here. Look at verse 34. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. The future will get distracted by it. If you're not against planning, that's a sign of wisdom. But against getting caught up with what you want for your future apart from God. That's what it's all about. I don't have time to get into it. Next week's lesson actually does this in James chapter 4, verse 13 through 15. We'll talk about it next week in Sunday school. Be there. Uh, it, it talks about that very thought about, about going out and doing something without God in the first of your thoughts and in planning with God. Um, so, our future. So, those are some things that can distract us. But I want you to look at this. This is the second thing and the last thing, all right? The thing, the thing that should determine your focus. 
So there's some things that can distract your focus, but what is the thing that, can deter, that should determine your focus? Remember what it said in verse 22. It said, if thine eye be single, that means one thing. There's one thing that should be our focus. And we find it in verse 33. Notice what verse 33 starts with. We often skip this part. It says, but. It's saying this. It says, in contrast to all those other things that have your attention, this is the one thing that should have your attention. Instead of being focused on what all of your friends think, instead of being focused on what you're wearing, instead of being focused on, on, on yourself fulfilling your flesh and the lust thereof, instead of being focused on all these material things, be focused on this thing. And what is it? But seek ye first the kingdom of God Amen. and His righteousness. And then God take care of all these things. It's more than just putting God as part of your life here. It's more than just making Him a priority in your life. That's so often what we think, well, I'll make God a priority. It's knowing that God is your life. That is what it's talking about. Look at Colossians. We, we, we're running along here, but we'll, we'll give you this verse. Look at Colossians chapter 3. And we'll cover these next points real quick. Verse 1. If ye, be, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek, notice this, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Make sure you have an eternal perspective. Set your affection, not affections, notice it says affection. Set your affection on things above. Singular affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Notice this, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, what does the next part say? Who is our life shall appear. Then shall you also appear with Him in glory. We need to figure out something. The Bible says, but in spite of all of those, seek one thing, and that's to have Jesus as the life. Part of it. Not, not think about Him, but He is our life. He is what we live for. Hey, if everything else doesn't work, we are living for Him. We're not going to be distracted by all these other things because Jesus is our life. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let me give you a couple things, alright? So, number one here, it's, it's, how are we going to do that? It says, but seek. Talking about an action. That word seek, in the Greek it means to go about, to desire, to endeavor, to inquire for, to require. It's talking about a will, to seek after something. It's more than just checking with God before I do something. You know, that's the way a lot of us live our life. I want to check with God. Okay, God, I'm going to buy this $50,000 truck. Is that okay with you? Okay, thank you. All right, here we go. Now, it's more than just checking with God. It's seeking God with your life. It's seeking to do His will. It's actively pursuing after Him. It's, 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 it's having everything we are be about God. It's seeking Him with our life. It's, it's seeking Him with our devotion. That is about seeking God with your life. It makes me think of what Paul said in, in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. He says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hey, it's more than just being part. I'm, I might make it on this Sunday, God. I don't know. Maybe not. It's seeking Him with your life each and every day. It's more than, hey, am I, am I making a Sunday school this week? I don't know. It's going if I get up or not. It's, it, it's actively pursuing Him. It's a, it's a heart 
for God. It's seeking after Him. It is an action. Uh, We try and live passively in this Christian life so often, and that's when the devil snatches us off, isn't it? The Bible says in in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, that we're to be sober, to be vigilant, we're to be alert, uh, because the devil's going to take you if you're not. And we need to be actively seeking after God. It's an action. But notice it says, but seek, what does it say? But seek ye first. So talk about an action, but now we're going to talk about an attitude. Hey, this should be the first thing in our, in our hearts. It, it should be the first action that we take is to seek first the kingdom of God. It's our attitude. We put Him as preeminent in our life. We read that verse this morning in Sunday school, Colossians 3.18, that in all things He should have the preeminence. Uh, he, should have our, 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 he should be first in several areas. He should be first in our time. Not just something that we do after everything else is done. Uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be at church this Sunday, Brother Wayne, if, 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 if my sports team, if I don't have to go to the sport event, you know. If, if I don't have to work, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Or if I don't have to do this, I might be there. He should be first in our time. I think it ought to be first in your time as far as your devotions go. Have you read your Bible today? Have you prayed today? Seek ye first. It ought to be first in our time. It ought to be first in importance to us. Everything else must give way to His demands and not vice versa. In importance. It says what is in our hearts by what we make important. You do what you, what you want to do. Right. Now I know as adults we have to do things we don't want to do. Go to work, some of those things. I understand. But honestly, when it comes down to it, you do what you want to do. Importance. Seek ye first. That will come first in importance to us. And I think this is the key. All others should work from this one in affections. In affections. What did Jesus say when he was, they were asked what the first and great commandment was? It's to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. That was the first and the great commandment in our affections. Colossians chapter 3, it talked about that, right? We are to set our affections on things above. And listen, the devil tries to distract us with all other things, but we need to set our affections on things above. So we see, seek ye first. We have the action, we have the attitude, but what is the aim of it? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That is the aim. That kingdom, it talks about His reign, it talks about His rule, it talks about His agenda. That is what we are to seek first with our lives, is what God wants, His reign, His rule, His agenda. Let me give you three ways we do this, All right, and I'm going to do this quickly. Number one, we, we ought to do it by filling His kingdom. We fill His kingdom. Hey, it ought to be about the gospel, about seeing souls saved. We ought to do it by furthering His kingdom. Uh, we ought to do it by uh, furthering His kingdom. On this world, man, this world, the agenda of this world is so wicked today, isn't it? They're trying to bombard us with all kinds of things, but as Christians, we need to further the kingdom of God, and we ought to fulfill His kingdom in our own lives. Um, So we ought to seek first the kingdom. We ought to have the right action, the right attitude, and the right aim. We got to rid ourselves of all excuses, of all distractions, and we need to serve God with our lives. Now notice this, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. 
We ought to do it in the way that God desires for us to do. Not just any way we please, but God's way. Romans 14, 17. Let me give you that verse and we'll be, we'll be, we'll be closed. It says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hey, how do you know if you're seeking first the kingdom of God? That is what it is. It's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the devil's trying to distract us. He's trying to get us off focus of what we need to have in our lives. But Jesus says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Is that what you're doing with your life today? Have you gotten off focus? Young people, look at me. Have you gotten off focus? Are there other things that have distracted you? Hey, are you more concerned with money? Are you more concerned with people? Are you more concerned with other things than seeking first the kingdom of God? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, we love you. Lord, I pray this has been a help. Lord, I know that I can lose easily lose focus. And God, I pray for your people here. Lord, I know that you have a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. Lord, I know you have a purpose and a plan for this church. And God, I know how easily the devil can get us off of that. Lord, I know how he desires to get us away from that. Lord, how he desires to distract us and destroy our lives. But Lord, we still have a, we have a focus. We have a focus on Jesus and we have a focus on your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you'd help us with that. Lord, I pray that you'd use us. Give us that power, that strength, that infilling of your Holy Spirit. May we listen to him. And Lord, may we live for you. We ask this in Jesus' name.